0: hello everyone and welcome to this episode of the best pictures podcast i'm ian and this is maggie and on this episode we are doing our favorite activity as we both have listed ourselves into a corner we are doing the list reorder remix
1: sequel part two whatever you want to call it we're doing it because as ian said we have ranked ourselves into a corner and since I don't have background about a specific movie, if you're newer to our podcast, I'll give you a little bit of background on this concept. Since we rank all the Best Picture winners every episode, um, uh, I guess at this point, what, a year and a half, two years ago, we were looking at our lists and being like, this is nonsensical. I've changed my mind on a lot of these, given some time to just like noodle on it a bit and uh we decided to re-rank stuff and so um sitting here at having just wrapped up our last episode of the 80s we were both like we learned nothing and we did it again so we will be reordering once again um there are kind of uh some fun things that i think we're gonna talk about with this so ian and i both before recording went through our list and did like a full reordering and then i think what we're gonna do is kind of talk about like Our top five, our bottom five, we're going to start breaking stuff down into like our favorite decades, um, our favorite and least favorite movies within decades. So I think we're going to cover a lot of good stuff there. And then we will throw it over to some listener questions.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. I think there are some, and I'm sure yours is the same, Maggie. I did not cheat and peek at your list. I hope you didn't cheat again and peek at mine. (laughs) I was (laughs) going to
1: say not this time.
0: Uh, But I have some big swings for a couple movies, which I'm just so happy to finally have been given the opportunity or have given myself the opportunity (laughs) to uh, put them where they actually belong. So,
1: I that's interesting. Yeah, let's jump into it in a second. I just wanted to say I didn't have quite as much movement as I thought I would. Like, there are definitely a couple that like really jumped, but other than that, it was a lot of like stuff moved up, like one or two spots or down one or two spots. So I'm curious to to hear about your big swings. Do you want to start it off by maybe telling us what the biggest gain was for you and what the biggest decrease was for you?
0: Oh, for sure. So biggest gain for me is actually Platoon, which I know is like an off-the-wall movie to have gone up 15 whole spots in my list. So it's actually now my number five it is in my top wow. five. And I think this really comes back to how often I think about this damn movie.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, too, it, you didn't rank it super low when we covered it. I think you had it ranked maybe a little bit lower than I did. Actually, maybe not. Like, I think we both had it pretty highly ranked because we've done, what, 62 yeah. best pictures at this point. So if you're in the top 30, like, you're top half and that's good.
0: Yeah. And, like, coming back to it, what I realized is one, I think it is my favorite of the war and war adjacent movies that we have seen. Again, not one that I want to rewatch, but in terms of using filmmaking to really make a statement, I think this is head and shoulders above anything else that we've seen. Um, I realize that's a a pretty strong stance, but it's a pretty strongly coded movie, if you know what I mean. Um, But even thinking back to like the soundtrack and the way that that enhanced the aftermath to the one nighttime raid, and not to mention the acting, like it just, it's really good. It's one of those ones that I'm like, don't watch it unless you're ready for it, but it's worth it.
1: That, I would never have guessed that is not one that I would have guessed to have jumped so much like I knew you really enjoyed that movie. Well, enjoy <laughs> more appreciate <Found> impactful.
0: <laughs> like,
1: yeah, there are some movies that I'm like, Oh, yeah, like that, I love that movie. And I'm like, Well, do I really love it? Or do I just think it's really good? Did it actually like break my soul and shatter me a little bit?
0: Oh, and this one absolutely broke my soul, but I'm okay with it. <laughs>
1: That's so good. Okay, I'm I'm so excited to hear what fell.
0: Uh, Yeah, this one is not going to be surprised. surprise. Ben-Hur dropped 24 spots. Uh, and that is more because I had it in number nine and less because I think it actually deserved to drop that much. Like, it always should have been middling for me. I just, for some reason, when I put it in my list, I thought that it was a lot better than it was. But honestly, the chariot race cannot make up for the Charleston Heston, like, jaw-jut. And it's really slow.
1: <laughs> I remember doing that episode. And I remember you ranking it so high. And I remember it shocking me at the time. It was shocking at the time. Um, I'm not surprised that one fell for you. I think that one actually fell for me a little, too. Uh, and you're right, because when you think about it, you think about the chariot race. Um, But that doesn't make up for the fact that like it is kind of poorly paced and if you remember I think that's the second longest best picture winner it's second or third because top three are gone with the wind Lawrence of Arabia and Ben-Hur but I don't remember the exact order but we had to do that in one episode because the intermission is terribly placed and there aren't like a clear first half arc and second half arc the way there are in Lawrence and gone with the wind so, which should have been a red flag for us, honestly.
0: Oh, 100%. And I mean, like, the acting is fine. But again, we've watched more than 60 movies so far. So it it's like solidly in the middle. It's a fine airplane movie if you need to kill three hours. Like...
1: I... <laughs> the stuff you watch on airplanes. It's not what I watch on airplanes. I also mostly sleep on airplanes, so.
0: Well, not all of us have that skill, so you can stop flexing. I'm one of
1: those people. (laughs) That that is where I uh, get my sense of superiority, the Uh, fact that I can sleep on any form of public transport.
0: (laughs) So uh, off that tangent, I want (laughs) to (laughs) know what your biggest swings were.
1: Yeah, so my biggest gain was Amadeus. It gained nine spots and went from number 12 to number three. Again, that is a movie I think about all the time. And I especially think about the scene where Mozart and Salieri are composing at the end and just the way they layer in the score and the sound combined with the performances. Like, it's just, it, it is peak movie making like it is truly taking the medium and being like I'm going to stretch this to the extent of what it can do and create like this beautiful piece of art so anyway it's jumped to number three for me already highly ranked but
0: I this is amazing because one mine jumped eight up for Amadeus it's my number two and literally everything you just said was what I was gonna say when we talked about our top five so (laughs)
1: Oh, that's so exciting. It's also a long
0: movie, but it's a lot more entertaining than (laughs) Ben-Hur.
1: If I remember correctly, it is, I think, the only movie that we have covered that we were like, it could have been longer. Like, I would have watched more of it. And we both watched the director's cut, which I think is an additional 20 minutes because we couldn't find the, the theatrical cut.
0: Yeah, it was absolutely worth it.
1: So if you haven't listened to our episode on Amadeus or watched the movie Amadeus, clearly you should.
0: Please, and it, it, it is weird. So just go in understanding that. And it is a biopic in the most generous sense of that word. <laughs> like,
1: Yes, like every, you know how whenever we do biopics, we always preface it with like, you know, this is based on real people. We are talking about these people in terms of the character within the film and not the person historically. In the movie Amadeus, the movie is also doing that. Like, it is also taking that stance very strongly.
0: But I'm here for it, because it would have been a lot less fun to hear the real story.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's so good. Um, Now, for the one that fell the most for me, it was actually Grand Hotel, which fell by 12 spots, it went from 33 to 45. And I think that was just kind of me like it's no real shade against Grand Hotel. I did enjoy the movie. Um, I think there are some kind of rough performances in writing. But there's also some really great performances in writing. I I think it was just that I was looking at other movies um, and that I had to move up. And so kind of by virtue of that Grand Hotel got displaced. But it's one that I would watch again.
0: Oh, for sure. And I I honestly, I actually watched it recently on a plane and was like, oh, this is somewhat entertaining. Like I had forgotten a lot about it because it was one of the early 30s. So honestly, like one of the first episodes we ever did, but it it does hold up still. Um, Mine did not move. So mine's N-47, which is roughly where you have it. So, I mean, that is one of the ones where... I think once we start moving into the bottom third of the list, it begin p- becomes more like hit or miss on like should you watch it, shouldn't you watch it? That's definitely one that I think is worth it, even if it doesn't Agreed. you know hold a candle to Platoon or Amadeus. <laughs> so,
1: no, I would totally agree with that assessment. Just because I think some things you know, in the bottom half of our list doesn't necessarily mean we wouldn't recommend it. Um, It means maybe we're not going to recommend it to everybody or, you know, as that we really loved it, but that it maybe does have like an inherent structural flaw or maybe one of the lead performances just isn't very good, but that doesn't necessarily mean you should write off an entire movie.
0: Right. Or maybe it just doesn't, you know, speak to a more modern film sensibility, which I think is fine. like It doesn't mean that it's any less worthy of uh, a place in Oscar history. Now, there are some films that I think are definitely like have no business, but we'll get to that.
1: (laughs) Oh, we will get to those in a second. Speaking of which, should we just move into talking into our bottom five? Like we'll talk about the bottom five films and then we'll talk about top five.
0: Oh, let's do it.
1: Did any of your bottom five change?
0: Yeah, most of them did. So the craziest thing for me is Broadway Melody on Second Glance actually moved out of my bottom five. Not because I consider it to be a shining example of film, but I did, on hindsight, want to give it a little bit of credit that it was the first talkie to win. So it's just like, okay, they tried to tell a story fine. My number five.
1: Did, did they from really the bottom, try to tell that story? Well, just wait. Did they really try?
0: <laughs> just wait. Personally, I felt that Broadway Melody was better than Chariots of Fire by like a long shot because uh, maybe this is me being like a little more emotional, but fuck this movie, the horse it rode in on, all of its flawed execution, middling acting, and shit soundtrack. Like, Get the fuck out. <laughs> like, <Whoa>. no. <laughs> I feel very strongly Incoming about this.
1: And <laughs> so spicy. Um, so that would be like in your... But is that your bottom bottom, bottom bottom or fifth from the bottom? Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Chariots of Fire, I think, just misses my bottom five. It's my seventh worst one. But I also considered lowering it. And I also considered... Moving um Broadway melody, maybe not out of top five, but up. Um, I ended up not doing that. I do I do actually really want to re-watch that one. Um about a month ago, I had tweeted out that I was hankering to watch some of those <laughs> films again that I had rated really lowly, like low on the list, to be like, maybe I should give them a second chance. And then I had asked uh our Twitter audience if I should start with Broadway Melody or The Greatest Show on Earth. And it was a 50-50 split. So (laughs) I chose Greatest Show on Earth and have not gone back to Broadway Melody yet. But it's something that I've definitely considered doing and will likely happen this weekend.
0: Nice. That's. I mean, I'll be interested to hear what you think about Broadway Melody because I just remember it being very much focused on the novelty of sound and not necessarily focused on any sort of storytelling.
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm also curious to revisit it after, like, we've watched so many movies, because I think, you know, we've not only grown as podcasters, but we've probably also grown as movie critics.
0: Yeah. I, well, I hope I have. We're still if,
1: very much <laughs> novices, but. Yeah.
0: I was going to say, if I've been doing this for this long and I don't at least know a little bit more, what even am I doing? <laughs> um, so what's your fifth from the bottom?
1: So my fifth from the bottom, and this, none of my bottom five actually changed. I definitely considered some changes, but none of them actually changed at all. Uh, My fifth from the bottom is All the King's Men, just because the editing drives me crazy.
0: That's my fourth from the bottom, and my comment is, wow, what is edit? like?"
1: I just, and it's a shame, because there are some really beautiful bits in that movie. Um, Anytime the, uh, God, what do you even... Uh, it's Willie Stark, right, is the main character?
0: I think. I'm pretty sure.
1: (laughs) Anytime he's giving one of his speeches to the crowd, like, the performance is great, the cinematography is beautiful. Uh, I think it's Mercedes Cambridge who won for Best Supporting Actress in that film. Um, If I'm getting all of this correct, off the top of my head, I will be amazed with myself.
0: Uh, you definitely did get Willie Stark, right? I'm still working to get to the film Wikipedia, not the Because
1: <laughs> this is a film that we covered like two years ago. Uh,
0: yeah, it was 1949. Like, it's 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 a little, little...
1: Anyway, um, her performance, I believe, is like really, really good. So there are some shining moments. It's just like, there are some very bad performances, including by, I believe, the main character we didn't like that much. Like the narrator, I don't think we liked that much and it's just like the editing destroys that film.
0: Yeah, they cut at literally all of the wrong places.
1: I remember this because it made me so mad reading about it. The director's instructions to the editor on that movie were pick what you think is the center of the scene and cut this much time after that point and this much time before. That's a great that's a great film school thought experiment to do please don't do that (laughs) because it destroys your narrative structure and makes a lot of things nonsensical the only reason i knew what was going on in that film is because i had to read the book in high school
0: oh see i was spared that but i i'm with you that there aren't many films especially not that have won best picture that are borderline unwatchable like even some of the worst ones i'm like okay this is creaky and old and boring but it's not just totally batshit crazy
1: or confusing <laughs> yeah. necessarily like that one if I had not read the book I would have had a really hard time following it honestly um, okay since that was your no- number yeah. fourth lowest <laughs> I guess <laughs> mine is uh, It is. is that your third guess lowest? What? it's
0: my third lowest <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, so Cimarron, it was the fourth one we did. I actually remember I think it, ooh, I'm I'm scared to go back and listen to, like, our really early episodes. Um, it frightens me, so I've not done that, but I remember at the time I think it was one of our our, like, of our earlier episodes, I think it was one of our better episodes, because I feel like it's kind of where we, like, hit our stride as a podcast. Like, I think that's where we started to get comfortable on mic. Um, the movie's not good uh it is structurally bad um it is cringy in pretty much every single way you can possibly think of uh it has every problem that you can think of as far as like representation from older films uh the main character who's supposed to be the hero is the absolute worst Um, only to be rivaled by the second main character his wife who is also the absolute worst so like it's uh that that movie is just riddled riddled with issues
0: yeah I, I could not have said that better I have one addition and it's that we see the main character for like 10 minutes total or something crazy if I'm remembering correctly like he just goes away for like massive portions of the film and so like we're supposed to like this person so we hate them and they're not there so like what even is the point
1: (laughs) yeah i just uh the and and there's like technical issues with that film as well if i remember correctly too uh structurally it's it's kind of a mess like they like to show you all the boring stuff but not actually show you any of the good stuff they just talk about the good stuff so yeah, yeah it's, that's it's the Maroon.
0: Bad, don't watch it. That one for me actually moved into my bottom five. I think it was number six from the bottom before reordering.
1: That's that's one of the ones that uh, made Ian say he hated Westerns and then I've had to spend the next three years proving him that it's not the entire genre. It's just that, that, he that hates. one. <laughs> it's just the <laughs> and movies like it.
0: So that was my number three, what is yours?
1: My number three is the great Ziegfeld. Stop. So your number two.
0: <laughs> Please stop. It is my number one. Two. Number two.
1: <laughs> it's your number two.
0: <laughs> oh God.
1: Wow. Um I that movie the the one bright spot is it's uh, I think it's Louise Rayner, Louise Reiner, um, who won for either best Actress or best supporting and then she also won the next year for the same category and is like the only actress to do it back to back but she is she's phenomenal in that film she has very little screen time it is a great example of a biopic just thinking they need to cover basically everything instead of like picking their lens picking their narratives it's uh not a great performance from um Are oh you, my god I the can't, lead i cannot remember his name William which is killing Owl. me Yes, God.
0: It's I have the Wikipedia up so don't yeah I no I should know
1: his name because he's one of my favorite actors of all time William Powell it's not a good performance from him which is it's like if William Powell can't save your main character oh. the main character is a shitty person and
0: Mirna Loy was in there too like ah
1: uh, right, this is such a disappointing in a very movie. small part like mm. sh- like it's a great cast but they like can't save it cuz the writing's so bad you have just musical number after musical number, but it's, of course, the Ziegfeld Follies numbers, so, like, they're not particularly dynamic, and it's, well, the actors aren't pretty, aren't dynamic. The camera is because it's literally just moving across, like, these giant sets with all of these chorus girls in, like, crazy outfits, which is cool to see, like, once or twice in a movie, but there are a ton of numbers.
0: And they're very long. Yeah. And that that was going to be my only, like, saving in any way redeeming quality but honestly just watch one or two of those numbers and that's the peak.
1: And I think I remember hating the way it ended too. Oh yeah, it
0: didn't doesn't he just like die in his apartment across from like Yeah,
1: but he gives uh, some sort of weird speech, I believe. I think I there's just, a moment uh, where we think he's dead and then he like revives to give this speech and then he like dies again.
0: It, it was bad. Just just straight bad. Okay, I, Let's see if we got bingo. What's your uh, number two from the bottom?
1: (laughs) I have a feeling this is your worst one. Let's say it on the count of three together. One, two, three. Cavalcade. Cavalcade. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Cavalcade is second for me. It's worse for you. So I will let you uh, shred this one.
0: It's similarly to how I felt very passionately about chariots of Fire. Same thing here with a little bit less vitriol because I was not... Like, I didn't have the massive theme building up in my head being like, ooh, you must see this movie. It's just... I view it as one of the poorest adaptations of a stage play I have ever had the misfortune of having to watch. Like, it's creaky, shows its age like no other. Pacing is crap. The writing is... eh, just there... And it's boring know, at best. Yeah. And it's such heavy handed, like, schmaltzy commentary about, like, loving your family and, like, I don't know. It's, it's super one of those,
1: reactionary. Yeah. It's, the structure's bad and inconsistent. It's, again, though, a lot of big name actors who, mm-hmm. like, are good in other things that just, it does not work in that movie.
0: And that's, I don't know. I just would have expected for some sort of like generational epic, which is kind of how it felt like it was supposed to be positioned. It just seemed too concerned with trying to, in some way, to show how these big world events affected like the characters. And then just failed to do so because they tried to cover so much ground. So I, it just, it was not great.
1: Yeah. Uh, zero subtlety. Ugh. I, 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 just, I really want to know. The shot of the Titanic life preserver.
0: Yeah. Again, super heavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do want to, I, I honestly would be interested to read more about the play version because if I could potentially see that adapting a little better on stage, just depends on how much of the writing was you know switched up
1: so. yeah yeah and i don't remember from background like how close of an adaptation it was just that it was an adaptation um yeah i agree with everything you said okay yes. so
0: that leaves what i assume, Broadway melody yes
1: <laughs> yeah um i very much considered bumping broadway melody above gray ziegfeld and cavalcade um I agree kind of with what you said earlier. The The thing with Broadway Melody is like, yes, I do want to give it credit for the first talkie that wins. But I have a hard time believing that that is the best of the early talkies from that year. Uh, it definitely was the one that grossed the most, which um, I think is probably why it ends up winning. Uh, they definitely are trying to sh- both showcase the new technology, but also have not learned how to work around it. Oh, for sure. The plot is just the plot's extremely simple which isn't necessarily a bad thing but it means we end up with these like really long stretches of time that are just kind of review numbers um and not actual plot it is one of the worst like leading male performances and like worst written male characters like leading male characters like it, our heroes terrible um i yeah i just It was very hard to get into now am i going to watch it again probably this weekend (laughs) so maybe it shouldn't be at the bottom but it's going to stay there right now until this weekend when i instantly regret my decision
0: well just remember just because it's in the bottom of our list doesn't mean that it's not worth watching
1: that's true with
0: the exception of the prior four movies that we talked about um (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, this might be the one that it's like, you really should watch it, though. I mean, it is interesting, I think, historically, um, particularly if you watch it very closely to when you watched Wings.
0: Oh, for sure. Because that that very fast evolution between the two, because they're back-to-back years. like
1: mm, Wings was 27. Oh, that's when they were doing
0: the two-year thing, weren't well, they? Well, the oh. first
1: one was just a longer time period um to uh so the first academy awards was in 1929 but wings which won was from 1927 um i don't remember exactly why that is we probably said in the episode but i mean they're they're still like relatively close to each other in time frame and it's just very interesting to see the differences um i will be watching it with a large glass of wine which might help
0: and you're not going to have to take notes this time. So you only notes. have to pay attention to the interesting parts. So you may just end up not watching it, but we'll see.
1: So like two scenes. <laughs> um, yeah. So now should we be more positive, Ian? Should oh, we talk absolutely. about our bests?
0: So already talked about my number five, Platoon. Again, gut punch of a movie. Extremely well made. 100% worth it. But again, proceed with caution. Um, what made it tier five?
1: My number fifth spot is All Quiet on the Western Front. So a war movie. Uh, The first one we did, I think it actually fell a spot just because Amadeus got slotted into my top five. But like, I mean, it's the third best picture winner. It's 1930. My God, does that movie hold up? It is so good. I think, you know, the one thing that might get people is, like, some of the acting's definitely a little older school, so if you're not used to that. But, like, the cinematography, my God, I think we've referenced All Quiet on the Western Front and, like, specific shots from All Quiet on the Western Front in every single war movie we've done, which is a lot because that's a favorite genre of the Oscars. Uh, We even reference it in Platoon with... um, when Elias is, uh, falls on his knees and he's got his hands in the air, we even referenced like how that made us think of the shot of the hands on the barbed wire and all quiet on the Western front. Like I just, it it hit such an emotional chord. And I think just like the fact that I think about that movie repeatedly, that we reference it repeatedly, um, even though it was like the third one and from so long ago, like I just, it, it's a movie that I think every single person in the world should see.
0: Absolutely. And, it, it pains me to say that my All Quiet on the Western Front did fall out of my top five. So slight spoiler alert. But I really do see Platoon as the spiritual successor to All Quiet on the Western Front. And it benefits from 40 some odd years of additional refinement and like honing of these filmmaking techniques. And, and
1: just the technology yeah. in general, too.
0: So it, it's one of those things where those I view very similarly in terms of their impacts and messages and how well they were done so again not a read on all quiet it's just like things get better over time in general so it's just like yeah
1: yeah and i mean if you if you've listened to our platoon episode um if you haven't and you decide you want to again proceed with caution it's a very rough movie and we do talk about all of it um but i i do think we go kind of more into like the parallels and we talk about how like even though platoon is a vietnam film it feels so different from like the other vietnam film we've covered and like it really does feel most like all quiet on the western front
0: for sure and honestly pulls off what i think portions of deer hunter tried to just so much better
1: yeah agreed so what is your number five did you already Uh, mine's platoon Damn it! I yeah, forgot. it's okay. That's why you were like, "I've already said this. Let's move on." And my brain was like, "I'm going to focus on me."
0: I mean, hey um, what's new? I'm kidding. <laughs> we have to have one what's moment new? of my Ian's... co-host.
1: The next podcast episode, <laughs> Ian. That's what's new.
0: Oh no! Have I been fired? <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I'll just sign off now. <laughs> now come back. So number four. Yes. What is yours?
1: Uh, mine is on the waterfront.
0: Oh wow!
1: That is a movie that I it used to be my number three. I think it dropped a little bit because uh, of Amadeus, but that is a movie that I I think about quite a bit. Um, particularly the cinematography and the scene where you have the uh, two main characters talking, but you have the whistle over them, so you can't hear what they're saying. But like with the editing and the cinematography, like you get the full emotion of it. Um, I yeah, I I love the message in that movie. I think it's got some like cool film history behind it and like what Kazan was trying to say and how it kind of like fits into his filmography, kind of where it sits in the whole um Hays code and like uh the politics of the time is really interesting. Plus it's just a really good movie and uh when we get further up my uh my top 5 um it is very similar to another movie in my top five. So it's very clear that I have a movie type.
0: So I find this interesting because one, On the Waterfront absolutely did not speak to me as strongly as it did you. Because for me, it's my new number 16. I mean, definitely top top third. But I think 20, that yeah. movie that you're talking about, Rocky, is what I put in number four. Right. <laughs> So,
1: yes. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm talking. I'm alluding to Rocky. Uh, I want to hear you praise Rocky because I could praise it endlessly, and I just <laughs> want to hear you praise one of my all-time favorite movies. Oh
0: my goodness. So one, how to do a training montage. This is like standard reading or viewing. I don't know. Anyway, that first thing. Two, great underdog story told beautifully and with a like. Love interest, kind of side interest, sort of story tacked on that does not feel like it detracts from like the main line of the story. Acting is superb from everybody involved. And again, the just the visuals in that one that kind of peak at the end of him getting up the stairs and looking out over the sunrise. I just it's so empowering. Last point satisfying endings. Holy shit. One of the most satisfying endings cuz it's like nobody's going to win but he's going to go the distance and that I find to be so much more impactful than if he had won. So it's just such a great choice.
1: I I mean, agree with everything you said. I think it has every single technical element you could probably like possibly want from a movie. All of the writing and storytelling is there. All of the performances. I know you were talking about like the love story being kind of a side part. It's super integral integral to the plot. Um, it kind of sits right along that like classic sports storyline. I believe uh, sports films was another genre. You were like, I hate this genre. And I was like, wait till we get to Rocky.
0: Yeah, and then we got to Chariots of Fire. And I was like, see, Maggie, this is why.
1: <laughs> Rocky came first. Um, I agree with the ending. I think it is just if if I'm ranking just like endings of movies as just like satisfying and perfect to the narrative I mean Rocky's up there among just all movies ever made like it is the perfect way to like thread the needle on um, getting a satisfying ending getting an ending that like is happy but also doesn't cheapen all of the stuff that you've done for the rest of the film like it it feels right in a way that So many endings often don't, um, see our bottom five, but, uh, yeah. Oh, I love that movie.
0: So you're number four.
1: Uh, my number four, we already talked about was on the waterfront.
0: Uh, Oh, that's right. We did you first this time. Number three though is Amadeus for you, right?
1: Number three is Amadeus, which I've already gushed on enough. So I don't need to anymore.
0: I mean, fair. Uh, mine's num- my number two is Amadeus. So we'll skip that one as well. But pot- potentially like slightly controversial pick, not because it isn't great, but because is it that great? Um, is it happened one night? <laughs> it's my number three. <laughs> so Ian, you're
1: making me so happy. It's,
0: I just I think some of. Well, it's it's my list, so I can do with it what the fuck I want. But like this one just holds a really special place in my like movie watching like career. That doesn't sound right anyway. Journey. (laughs) Journey. I like that. So it it's one of the very first like classic classic movies that I've seen. It's one of the first great examples of a rom-com that I actually enjoyed. With superb acting, amazing black and white cinematography, like chemistry out the wazoo between the actors, like all of this adds up to something that while you can tell that it is a classic, it ages beautifully. So I just, that is an entertaining one that I will continually watch. And that's honestly, that's the oldest movie in my top five by a long shot. So
1: I mean, yes, I also absolutely adore that movie. That is a movie that, like, I had shown Ian before we did the podcast. Um, I agree with everything you said. I feel like It Happened One Night is a movie that not a ton of people have seen. But I don't know anyone who has seen it who doesn't love it. Um, it is so good. I think it does hold up extremely well. It's uh, it's just pure delight which we have stated so many times is not something we get very often in our canon episodes no um so yeah i i fully agree it is my number seven so top ten but not top five and i very much was looking at it being like can i get it into the top five like
0: oh and can i i did it
1: (laughs) (laughs) i just the others i just had to put above it um my number two we've already talked about was rocky
0: oh glorious
1: god i love that movie so much um and i i think what's kind of fun about rocky so my top one and two uh did not change they are movies that i had adored before the podcast they are, were both movies that were like my favorite some of my favorite movies of all time and that i was actually very scared to watch for the podcast because when we watch the movies for the podcast i do watch them with a much more critical eye um, and so I was a little worried that they wouldn't hold up. They absolutely did. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, oh God, I love that movie so much. Like it had to be number two. And before we covered it for the podcast, like I knew it was going to be my number two movie and I knew it was probably going to stay my number two movie. Like I I can't imagine something knocking it out of that spot.
0: Ah, oh, so good. So that means that we now agree for our number one movie. <laughs> And it's Casablanca.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Can you die of happiness? I'm so happy about this. I don't know if you know this on our website that I haven't updated in ages, um, but that has our list. I did have Casablanca listed as your number one because I decided you were just wrong when we recorded the episode.
0: (laughs) And I obviously know that you do not update it because I totally was aware of this subterfuge before...
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you've totally looked at our <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, defunct yeah. website before. Yes, Casablanca. I want to hear. I want to hear why you changed your mind. I think it's. I feel like that's a very obvious uh, one for me. But
0: so I, I realize it's not as obvious. Part of it is me like reflecting back on Gone with the Wind and being like, actually, it's still in my top ten, but it's like number seven now. So like, it's still I think an important part of like the film body of film that has won you know at oscars Mm -hmm. um at the oscars wow i can use english Uh, but there i think there's a lot of gushing over it for reasons that aren't necessarily because of its merit if that makes sense so i think it's really good but has its problems so really it's more that gone with the wind moved and Casablanca how do I count the ways that it is so good <laughs> like that I know there there are two scenes that I'm sure that you're also going to bring up the one is seeing of the French national anthem in the bar everybody crying getting up and like forcing out the Nazis that's like the first thing and then that final scene it's like I don't know how you top that. And I don't know how you top that in color, even. You, you know what I mean? Just like the beautiful cinematography of their interaction as they're leaving. Yes, I don't know. You it's just the oh.
1: writing, the, the absolutely iconic speech. I mean, Ian, I had to correct your list for you because I knew you'd regret it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of your life.
0: Well, fortunately, no regrets. <laughs> no ragrats <laughs> No rag <rats. laughs>
1: um yeah no uh casablanca is of course my number one uh to me like like it is the classic film it is the oscar winner like it ticks every single box um the two scenes you highlighted are of course amazing but like there's a million great scenes like every scene is great all the lines are great um it i believe we cover it on the episode but like When the american film institute did like the top 100 movie quotes casablanca i think has like four in the list which is like more than any other film um i actually recently um went and saw casablanca in theaters and took one of our friends uh lola good friend of the podcast many time guest host who had never seen it before and she's not like the biggest classic movie fan but like loved that movie and like to see it on big screen yes i was crying during the Marseillaise in the movie theater but you know what we all were so
0: I am so jealous that you got to see it on a big screen because I I can only imagine, again going back to that scene at the very end, just like I would be wrecked. I I would I you'd have to like scoop me off the floor with a mop and a bucket. Like I,
1: <laughs> I mean it's just it's just incredible. Um, everything I think pretty much about that movie is like perfect. Like I I can't think of a flaw, and I have seen it many times so i probably would have noticed (laughs) if there was one um but yeah that is that is my top one that is your top one i love that we agree
0: i do too so shall we talk about decades more broadly
1: yeah um so now that we have done eight decades worth of movies um because i i know wings was technically 29 i think we should kind of lump it in with the 30s
0: eight decades oh five decades Oh, fuck. <laughs> we'll get to eight. Don't worry. <laughs> this cracks me up. I can because math. Because I literally I went used to a technical Excel institute. to rank my decades.
1: <laughs> I, You know what? Uh, today's been a day. Uh, we're going <laughs> to cut me a lot of slack. Oh, boy. Um, now that we've done insert number of decades that we've done (laughs) (laughs) i think it'd be interesting to talk about what we think the strongest decade is and what we think the weakest decade is um because especially when i was like talking to other people about like the fact that we do a podcast um and a lot of times people who are big movie buffs will be like oh i can't wait till you get to the 70s or i can't wait till you get to the 40s like they'll they kind of like have this like oh that decade's so good for movies, so I thought we should talk about maybe what we think our, like the best decade is, and then what we think the worst decade is.
0: Ooh, I'm here for this. So best decade for me is the 1980s.
1: I would like to say Ian numerically like ranked his. He did like math to figure this out. I will be going by gut.
0: (laughs) I 100% was like, I am not going to do this to my future self where I come up with a like decades ranking that is inconsistent with my list. So like I said, I put this shit in Excel. (laughs) So based on my rankings... 1980s are my top decade which i find to be really really interesting because uh you have films like amadeus which are in both of our tops fives and you have films like chariots of fire so that's my top at my bottom of that decade like for sure there is no question there
1: i would say though the de- the 80s was surprisingly strong like it's not a decade that i hear people praise a lot as a whole um so i was also i would i don't know if it's my favorite but it would be up there i think it's very strong i think it starts to get a little weak towards the end of the decade and obviously chariots of fire i consider an anomaly oh for like amadeus is in there which is in our top five we both think very highly of platoon um even though like terms of endearment ordinary people out of africa like there's some very solid ones there
0: yeah i think five four or five of the years are in my top third and two are in my top 10 like it's it's a good decade um and even before i reordered it was my my number one decade so um some of that may be me like definitely feeling more of the modern film sensibility and reacting better to that but hey it, there's some great films that won
1: mm-hmm. um do you want me to say my favorite decade or do you want to say your least favorite
0: who i say i want to hear your favorite first And then we can rag on the bottoms.
1: (laughs) So I think for me, the strongest, and it definitely isn't like every single one is super strong. um, But for me, I think it's the 40s. Uh, And again, that kind of goes to personal preference. Like, I really do love movies from like the 30s and 40s era. So I think that makes a lot of sense.
0: Well, and that's my number two decade. So like...
1: I think 80s would be my number two. Yeah. So, I mean, it... I think, again, it's another example. It does get a little weaker towards the end of the decade. The last one of the decade is All the King's Men, which is in my bottom five. But it has Casablanca, which is, of course, in our top one. You start off with Rebecca, which is really good, which is in my top ten. How Green Was My Valleys really strong and at the top of my list. Uh, Mrs. Miniver, The Lost Weekend, which um, is like definitely flawed, but like, one of my favorite films i have discovered while doing this podcast like the cinematography is unparalleled there's some, just some great storytelling in a uh, best years of our lives which is super touching and like a really great film about vets returning from world war ii uh gentlemen's agreement which was definitely rough still has a super strong ending um and i know like hamlet's not one that we both super loved but like I find myself repeatedly thinking about Hamlet because of the visuals and how incredibly stunning they are.
0: And not to get on like too much of a tangent, that moved up 13 spots in my list because I realized I was thinking about the visuals and how well everybody except Laurence Olivier was. Yes.
1: So miscast. So So miscast.
0: Like horrible casting. You should not be playing Hamlet at 50 negative <laughs> so totally with I you i think
1: that is one of my favorite things about doing these re-ranking episodes is like there are definitely movies that, like you got to sit with it to really appreciate it and then there are some that you got to sit with it to let your anger continue to like build and boil but uh i i think hamlet's one that like i the appreciation has grown over time what is your least favorite decade
0: so I did not combine the 20s and the 30s, but it's okay because my bottom is technically the 20s and then the 30s is the next. So it, it's fine. 20s, 30s is kind of at the bottom, which really did surprise me given that you end with Gone with the Wind in the 30s, but also you have Cavalcade. And you
1: have It Happened One Night.
0: Exactly. So like really It Happened One Night is way up there. Gone with the Wind is up there as well. But again, you have things like Cimarron. And the Great Ziegfeld and Cavalcade and just like a parade of the worst. So <laughs> I I get the impression that especially um with you know the advent of talkies, there was a lot of footing finding going on in the early 30s. So I'll I'll leave it at what it is, but it's definitely not my favorite decade.
1: Yeah. I'm torn for least favorite between the 50s and 60s.
0: Ooh. 50s for me is next worst if you go further up. I think
1: I might have to go with 50s. Although, again, like, On the Waterfront was in the 50s and All About Eve. And On the Waterfront's in my top five. All About Eve is, I think, my number six. But then you have Gigi. I mean, Ben Hur, like, parts of it are really good, but it drags around the world in 80 days isn't very good. Um, But then you, uh, Greatest Show on Earth, it's my. Greatest Show on Earth is my favorite, like, bad Oscar winner, I've decided. It's the one I want to see remade the most, because I think it has the most potential.
0: That is the most disappointing part of that movie, is how much potential is squandered. I'm totally with you. Yes.
1: Yeah, the core premise is so good and so interesting, um, and then <laughs> executed so poorly. But, like, you have Marty, which is really sweet and cute. So, like, it's it's still a mixed bag from here to eternity is good. An American in Paris, which... It's not a good movie, but might be my favorite episode of our podcast. (laughs) It's a really good episode. If you've not listened to that episode, God, I love that episode. It's fantastic. Uh, We are both in rare sassy form on that episode. But then the 60s is kind of the same, uh, where you have, like, some that I absolutely love, like, Sound of Music, Tom Jones, In the Heat of the Night. But then you also have, like, the much maligned My Fair Lady. I was going to
0: say the the, uh, spiritual sister to Gigi.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and, like, I, in the 60s is such a weird decade. Yeah, you had the night cowboy
0: there. Like, what? I was going to go 50s. (laughs)
1: you have Midnight Cowboy, the only X-rated film to ever win the Oscar coming the year after the only G-rated film to win the Oscar, Oliver. Like, what? I, I know I said 50s. I might have to change it to 60s. I think 60s is my least favorite decade because it's just so weird. Like, it's a weird mix of winners. There's so many musicals that win, even though Sound of Music's fantastic and fully support that. But like, it's the decade I get most mad, I think, about what, was nominated but didn't win because I I think what we're seeing is the remnants of the studio system influencing who the winners are and it's really not reflective of like what's going on in the world at that time, in society, in, you know, the broader world of Mm -hmm. movie making. So I I think I'm actually going to change it to 60s.
0: And that I think is a beautiful lead into listener questions. So one question was submitted by our friend Mike over at Cinemasts. Which best picture snub that, in Maggie's words, you could have watched instead if it had won, burns the most? My Fair Lady. Exactly. Dr. Strangelove. How the fuck?
1: (laughs) My Fair Lady winning over Dr. Strangelove. Like, that's the one that feels like a personal attack. Like, that's the one that just, like, makes my blood boil. Because Dr. Strangelove is, like one of the best one of my favorite movies of all time if you want to hear if you want to hear that episode go listen to the doctor strange love episode of cinemasts uh i was so incredibly like happy and just like blessed to be able to guest for that episode uh so thanks to both mike um and ian who actually picked the movie i was covering on that episode like over the course of that episode i feel like i i already knew i was mad that my fair lady beat it at the Oscars but over the course of of like recording the episode with Mike I think I just got madder about it because I got to talk about how wonderful Dr. Strangelove is and like that's a great example of like that movie is technically better the writing is better the acting's better like cinematography editing soundtrack it is actually reflective of what is going on in the world at the time and like the general like societal anxieties it's reflective of like the leaps and bounds that are happening in like movie making techniques. It's, it's just better in every single way.
0: And everything you said is before we get even to basic premise, like <laughs> poor Audrey Hepburn <laughs> yes! can only do so much with what she's given, like love Audrey, but hate that character. And it's not because of anything but the writing and the premise
1: She's, she's also like horribly directed in that film too. Like it's, it feels like you're watching a completely different actor because like she is so good in everything else I've seen her in. And then to watch her in that, you're like, what the fuck happened? Who is this? This is not the Audrey Hepburn I know and love.
0: That one hurts. This really hurts.
1: Oh, I have been told, though, that that is uh, some people's favorite episode of our podcast. <laughs> also, also, that would burn so much, too, because My Fair Lady has continued to haunt us. Like, it has been referenced in multiple other Best Picture winners, or it's, like, come up in episodes because, like, we did the Roman Holiday episode. Mm-hmm. Like, it continues to haunt us. We need to, like, light some sage or something. <laughs> like... <laughs>
0: Let How me save my computer while I'm duality. editing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fucking yeah, Henry it's... Higgins. Okay, sorry. We need to, whew, we need to move need to the next question. I'm getting riled. We're
0: going to go to a much happier question. So uh, this was submitted to us from Zeta Short, host of the 300 Passions podcast. Which Tom Jones character did you most closely identify with? And I presume why.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, I love this question. Um, Ian, would you like to go first?
0: Sure. I, okay, so... I've I have two answers, and one is the aspiration, and the other is the like terrified I'm actually this person character. So, <laughs> the aspiration is Lady Bellaston, 100. percent. Like, I what, what what don't give me that look. I want that money She's and a that lifestyle. Of a and She's a little I bit of a villain. She's
1: a little bit of a villain, especially to the character that I identify with. So, watching okay, my back. But
0: also, she has so much money; she doesn't have to care. Yeah. I want to go to masquerades and pick up random men like come mm-hmm. on
1: <laughs> you could <laughs> um, I don't know what you do on your weekends anymore now that we live in different <laughs> cities
0: so that's my aspiration my concern is that I'm a less vindictive bliffle <laughs> like, oh, <shit. laughs> like maybe I don't have the malice of bliffle but I I've might be as bumbling i never seen you snap a bird's bliffle.
1: neck so I think oh, I forgot about okay. that. okay I think I you're I definitely okay. minimized
0: his character in my mind.
1: <laughs> um, he's pretty darn terrible. Um, that's so funny. I see you as Mrs. Waters.
0: Ooh, I could see that. I almost put Mrs. Waters. She's a little no, she's I was going to say she's like a little too spacey, but she's absolutely not. She's like completely with it. Okay, how about you?
1: Okay. So, I oh, this this feels so lame. I identified most with Sophie uh, because she's very determined.
0: And your father locked you in a tower?
1: No, not that bit. <laughs> uh, though, if somebody does try and tell me what to do and control me, I too will sneak out of a tower window in the middle of the night and flee to London. So <laughs> there is that. Um, but no, she she's just very determined and like even though like she definitely falls into some like bad situations through no fault of her own but um which isn't the bit that i identify with but she always stands up for herself Mm -hmm. and i feel like i am also very determined and will stand up for myself um, which is why i'm so mean to ian
0: i mean it's mutual Uh,
1: but i do think there is there is a part of me also (laughs) it's very true there is a part of me though that i'm like maybe like sophie with like a dash of mrs waters
0: i definitely see that totally see that
1: i love that both, neither of us were like tom jones uh yeah we're both smarter than him
0: yeah i'm I'm not lucky enough
1: <laughs> it's not a high bar but uh we are both smarter than him i do love that character though like he's just he's he's definition himbo and oh, i love for sure.
0: it. like that is dating goals not being goals
1: i don't know if it's dating goals though <laughs>
0: Well, in like the Lady Belliston sense of dating. I was going
1: to say, that's hookup goals, <laughs> Ian. Oh, um, boy. Anyway, what a great question. Oh, Thank so you, good.
0: Um, so next question on our list from uh, Kieran B., host of The Best Picture Cast. Looking back, what is a well-made movie that you think you might have been too hard on? So I... I did say Hamlet already, so I'll give another one that I think was a little too hard on. and I'm. But would that have with,
1: been your primary answer, would have been Hamlet?
0: I think my primary answer would have been Hamlet, for the reasons I've given. It, it's just one of those things where, with more time, I'm willing to look past the bad casting of Hamlet. Um, but another one for me is West Side Story, which actually went up eight spots in my list. It's one of those things where... I think in the moment it was not what I was looking for, but thinking back on it and thinking back on some very specific dance scenes, it's a really well as uh, executed movie musical, um, and definitely a cultural touchstone. So I think it deserves a little bit more credit than what I was giving it. Um, definitely, still some issues, but there there's some fun parts. I think it just needed some editing.
1: Gotcha. So I know a lot of people are going to be really happy about my answer.
0: Oh, no. I think I know what it is already.
1: So I will admit that maybe I was a little teeny tiny bit too harsh on Lawrence of Arabia. (laughs) It only moved up two spots, um, probably because a part of me at the time knew I was just being a little bit of a grumpopotamus. But uh, I think about that movie quite a bit. Um, I maintain that David Lean should have acquainted himself a little bit better with editing. You know, it's a long movie that has two very distinct character arcs for the main character. And, you know, even if I didn't get from it, what, you know, a lot of people get from it, or maybe most people get from it, or what, you know, the director or the Uh, actors intended for me to get from it I still felt extremely strongly about Lawrence as a character he frustrated me to no end but like that was still a very strong reaction and I like I have to give the movie that like it was a four hour movie that maintained my attention and like definitely like kept me in it even if it was because i was like i just wanted to grab lawrence and shake him but i yeah i i i gotta i gotta give it to that movie so i was too harsh on lawrence of arabia
0: but not too too
1: harsh (laughs) (laughs) but not too too harsh i was still partially right okay (laughs) yeah so there were a couple other questions that mike had sent us that um a few of which i wanted to touch on um a lot of these are basically around, like, some of the movies we'll be covering in the future, because I did open questions up for that as well. The first one is, will you only be covering The Return of the King or the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy? Ian, would you like to answer that one for me? Uh,
0: I mean, we may only cover half of The Return of the King, if we're being completely honest, so.
1: <laughs> I don't like The Lord of the Rings movies. I've actually never seen Return of the King, because I've never made it through the trilogy that far. Um
0: so I wouldn't call myself a giant Lord of the Rings fan, but I do actually remember liking Return of the King the most of all of the trilogy, because I have seen all of the trilogy. Surprise. And I know that um, the second was nominated the year prior to Return of the King winning. Um, so I'm definitely open to the thought of covering them all, maybe not in one episode uh, but the face that Maggie is making means that this is going to be an uphill battle. So uh, listeners, looking for your help on that. Um, <laughs>
1: okay, here's the thing, though. So I'll think about it, but the last time somebody told me, don't worry, the sequel's better, was The Godfather Part Two, and we all know how I felt about that.
0: <laughs> well, if it's any solace, I personally think the trilogy is like uncomparably better like it the not in the same league which i know is a very controversial opinion
1: for me to have
0: but i godfather did not just no just no not for me
1: you know what i'll think about it (laughs)
0: progress
1: (laughs) um mike also asked uh do you ever want to watch schindler's list again well i think we're gonna have to right it did we are
0: very soon actually i think think, in the next like that's what we've Uh, i actually haven't seen it but i am oh i mean i'm looking forward to it
1: (laughs) it's real sad
0: it's gonna be a platoon experience i think like in a different context yeah so do you want to know the story
1: (laughs) of the first and only time i've watched schindler's list so when i was in like middle school and high school i would like stay up really late and sleep in really long time on the weekends and so like most of the time i'd like wake up on like a saturday or sunday and like my entire family would just be like out somewhere um so one time i just like moseyed on downstairs turned on the tv and i was like oh schindler's list i've heard of that movie but never seen it and only vaguely kind of know like what it's about and when it's set i was like i'll watch that (laughs) my parents came home to me sitting in the living room by myself bawling my eyes out and they were both like oh my god what happened are you okay and i was like i'm watching schindler's list and they were both like well, why would you do that alone i was like i didn't know this is so anyway
0: <laughs> like the uh, up the paddle without the creek oh what no no, no
1: uh, it's like deli- it, uh, when, one day on podcast i will tell the story of the first time i watched deliverance too i just
0: maggie's you know good what? at watching movies the first time like perfect she picks the right ones all the time <laughs>
1: I should just google stuff before I watch it. Just as like an added layer of protection cuz I've 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 made bad decisions. But you know what? I'm not wanna say bad decisions. Like like
0: you've made choices and you lived with them.
1: Both are widely recognized as critically acclaimed movies. I just should know what I'm getting myself into. <laughs> um And then uh, Mike also asks, should Fargo have beaten the English patient? I've not seen the English patient, so I can't give an opinion on that yet. But that is something we should definitely bring back up when we do that episode.
0: Yeah, I did like Fargo. So we'll see. Maybe I'll actually watch one of the other (laughs) nominees this time. We're getting into into years where
1: Ian's probably seen more than I have.
0: Which is shocking. Like.
1: Not if you so know shocking.
0: Me. <laughs> I mean, yes, but it's also just not on brand for either of us.
1: <laughs> oh, we're going to have to rebrand. Um, and then the final question I think we'll cover um, also from Mike was, which episode yet to come are you looking forward to the most and the least?
0: So I couldn't pick just one. I'm sorry. I,
1: I think I know what one of the ones you're looking forward to is. And I think it's the one I'm least looking forward to.
0: Oh, oh, really? I'm interested. So for least, honestly, I think it's going to have to be American Beauty because I have seen that before. And even when I saw it kind of in the like late aughts, was not a fan. Soundtrack is amazing. I love Thomas Newman on that front, but it was just like, what? So not looking forward to that one. In terms of what i'm looking forward to the most honestly i think it's parasite which i know is still a little bit ways off but i'm deliberately not watching that one because i really want the experience of watching it for the first time like for the podcast so i'm excited
1: was a spooky one right I, it's spooky
0: yes but not in the same way that like silence of the lambs is which is I know. Speaking
1: of the one I'm least looking forward to, <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. Um, I, you guys, I know, I know it's gonna be good. I know it's gonna be good. Everyone always says that they're like Maggie, but it's gonna be so good. I'm like, I'm sure it is, but it's still gonna give me nightmares. Honestly, I wish it wasn't good, because then it wouldn't be so effective <laughs> at giving me nightmares. Um, I, I'm very much just not looking forward to that. I don't like scary movies, even though they make for good content. re-arc episode on the original halloween oh that one's gonna be hard also since ian and i don't live in the same city anymore i like i have to find someone else who will watch it with me and i i'm gonna have to record the episode in my own home so those memories will be in my home with me
0: this sounds like a lot of excuses
1: the whole time (laughs) i'm gonna be so unhappy i'm gonna be so scared Oh, you guys are going to love that episode.
0: And you're going to hate it. I'm so I'm sorry, but not really. Jodie it. Foster. Just remember, Jodie Foster is a badass. <sighs> I am Jodie Foster. Repeat the words. <laughs>
1: Jodie channel. Um, so that's probably the one I'm least looking forward to. I, least looking forward to because I know that, like, uh, it's going to scare me and I'll probably have nightmares, but I do know it's going to, I do have the comfort of knowing it'll probably be a good episode, I guess. So that's something. <laughs> oh, the things I do for content um, the one I'm looking forward to the most interesting hmm, 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 hmm. I feel like there's a couple of different ways I could go with this um honestly I, I think I'm really looking forward to doing Shakespeare in Love
0: oh that's a good one
1: I really like that movie and I know it's one that is like a little bit of a controversial winner, but I think I have a strong argument for it. Um, So I'm kind of looking forward to covering that one.
0: Yeah. I know for me, that's probably going to be one of those, like, I really enjoyed it. Middle of the list.
1: (laughs) Does that wrap it up for our list reordering Ian. Oh, I guess, um, I think I already answered this, but I think you should answer it too. What's your favorite episode we've done?
0: Oh. Since we're
1: we're running up on four years of podcast,
0: uh, putting me on the spot here. You know I don't listen to our episodes after we record them,
1: <laughs> unless you know it's the handful you've edited.
0: That is true. I do remember really liking an American in Paris, but just because of the camp, Young Frankenstein, I think is has to be my favorite episode. Like Frau Blücher. <laughs> <laughs> so that one that one is is fun
1: maybe I can find the audio file of me doing the horse whinny from that episode and edit it in right there
0: oh my god (laughs) well that was like five computers ago so I
1: know I know so I probably don't have it anymore shame such a great piece of audio to hang on to (laughs) again the things I do for content for sure Yeah, I I think, you. as I said earlier, I think my favorite episode might actually be American in Paris. I think that's just a really fun episode. Um, Even if we didn't enjoy the movie as much, I think we really enjoyed talking about it.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I think that is it for our list reorder, part two, the remix, final version V2 this time. The sequel.
1: Uh, Um. (laughs) uh, No, no, no. uh, The list reordering strikes back.
0: (laughs) No, the list reordering The Two Towers?
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to think of another one, but I can't.
0: (laughs) It's fine. So next time, I believe we are on our anniversary episode. So stay tuned for that.
1: That'll be coming out on April 1st. So should be like a week after this one comes out
0: wow, we're like actually kicking it in high gear for once after this wonderful
1: I know.
0: pandemic started.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, definitely come back and join us for that episode. You know what? I considered giving you guys a clue as to what it is, but I think I'm going to let it be a surprise.
0: In the meantime... Uh, You can follow us on social media. We are at best pictures pod on both Instagram and Twitter. And then for something more long form, feel free to email us in at the best pictures podcast. Is it the year just best?
1: I think it's just best. I love that we've both forgotten our own Gmail account.
0: It's, you know, art, art, <laughs> earlier, articles are hard. It's it's a hard language thing. So anyway, longer form, <laughs> best pictures podcast at gmail.com. Love to hear from all of you. Um, and as always, please rate, subscribe, review, uh, share us if you like us. Uh, that is helping us reach new listeners, which we love. So um, thanks again for joining us for this wonderful four-year journey that has led us here for...
1: Almost <laughs> almost four years. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening and definitely be sure to check out our anniversary episode coming out next week.